Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast Overtime. On this episode, we will be exploring the world through the eyes of essentially a banker with a very bubbly personality. He's probably older than you guys would think, but it's because of how fun to talk to and understanding he is. He's a guest very dear to me. Guys, please welcome on Manoj Rupani. Hi Mr. Manoj. Hi. Uh, hi. Just wanted to hi. say before we start, thank you very much for doing this. It's a, uh, this it's a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks a lot. I look forward to some interesting interaction out here. So, you're a big investor. You're a, you're deep into helping others. Where do we even really start? Okay. Uh, I can tell you that I'm largely into the markets, as in uh, the stock markets, the bond markets. And uh, I'm a banker since uh, several decades. Um, so, it's all about uh, being very passionate about the industry, about investment, and then helping people to find uh, their kind of space in this industry, to find what they really want to look at in terms of returns, in terms of risk. So it gives me joy to to help them find that and provide solutions around that. So a bit about that, since everything's about like you focus so much on like how important and, uh, and how enjoyable something is to someone. Could you tell me what you enjoy most about the job that, and, your, and line, line of work that you are in right now? So have you always had a liking for what you're doing right now or did it grow on you with time? Okay, uh, things grow. You know, sort of uh, over the years, you start discovering about yourself. So I've always liked people. Interacting with people has been something uh, that comes naturally to me. Uh, as an offshoot, I also like the markets. I liked uh, that every day is a new day. You don't know what to expect. Um, you got to be ready mm. for change. Uh, so I think putting both of them together, uh, that uh, brings you to becoming a banker and where you get to be with the markets all the time and you get to be with people as well. So for the sake of the podcast, could you tell us uh, where you work and how long have you been working in like the firm that you are in right now? Yeah, okay. So... Uh, I'm currently with UBS, uh, that's uh, Swiss Bank, and I work out of Dubai. I've been with them for three years, and I've been across a couple of other banks over the past few decades. Uh, mm-hmm. This is an organization which is the largest uh, wealth manager in the world. Uh, we manage wow. about uh, $3.8 trillion in assets, and we are across the globe in the sense we are across the US, across Europe, Middle East, Asia, all over the place. So what would you, what would, uh, what would you say that the characteristics and values that are required for your job specifically? So this job has, uh, firstly, um, you're dealing with people, you're dealing with their money, you're dealing with something that they've taken years to build. And now they, they want to trust you to put their money in the right place so that it is preserved. It also grows as per their expectation. So first foremost, you've got to have an understanding of people. You've got to be able to understand what their hopes and aspirations are about their life and how you could use their wealth to help them achieve that. Second, you need to also have market expertise. Uh, so you need to also know what you're talking about. Uh, so you have to be consistently reading about what's new in the market. Uh, there are things happening every hour. So you've got to be really up to date about 
a lot of different asset classes, whether they are equities, they are bonds, fixed in uh, hedge funds. There's just so much happening. Again, there's geographical uh, diversity. So you have things happening across India, across the US, Europe, Asia. So you, there's a lot to do, lots, lots of learning every day. So that's very exciting. Uh, and you need to be on top of things when you're talking to people about that. And third and most important is you need to know how to build trust. So when you talk about delivering something, you got to deliver it on time and you've got to deliver it efficiently. Uh, that is most important um, because uh, trust is something that takes a while to build up. And if you, if you don't do it properly, you lose trust. And in the business of wealth management, trust is absolutely important. You've got to be authentic about your stuff. Right. So as you said, you have to be on top of things and you have to learn a lot of things along the way. So do you think it's like a cup of tea for anyone? Or it's an easy, it, it clearly doesn't look easy. No. So you've got to, you've got to have a liking for it, right? Um, yeah. Let's put it this way. Um, Somebody is interested in uh, uh, toying with the mechanics, right? Uh, you know, they're engineer minded. They like working around, uh, they're curious about finding solutions. Um, they probably are not very excited about talking to people. They're not excited about uh, watching markets. Uh, so it's not for everyone, clearly not for everyone. But if you've, you're able to find that uh, this kind of thing, what are your traits that really make you uh, go into a profession? It's important to analyze that before you jump into a profession. And also, the key thing is you're also growing, you're also changing as, as you start your career. Um, uh, what I started my career was with shipping, and I had no clue about banking at that point in time. I didn't even think I'd ever get into banking. But here I am, and I'm enjoying it. But it took a while to realize um, what you really are fond of. It's, it's a journey. Right. So we are saying that um, you all, you, it's very important to be a people's person. It's very important to interact and understand your client, right? So for you Absolutely. as an individual, does it come naturally or uh, has it taken a lot of experience? No, so it comes naturally to me. I've always been the people's person. Uh, when I go back to my school days or uh, college days, uh, there's always been people around. There's always been activities, group activities, which I enjoyed uh, over being uh, isolated and being lost into a singular activity. So you sort of see a pattern there. It's not that overnight, but that's, uh, it's important to understand that you only mature with uh, experience. So you get better at what you do over the years. On an unrelated note, you seem to know, uh, like from what research I've done, you know, you seem to know a handful of content regarding academic, academic experience amid like schooling life from applying to colleges to acing like a student's next test. What would be some advice you would give to a school going student who is well, like overly aiming to either get an A on their next project or assessment or hoping to get into an Ivy League school and this burden and uh, slash stress, which lies on the head. What are your two cents on this topic? Okay, it's quite a vast subject, so I'm going to try to put it. Putting so much stress on yourself is not really the way I would look at it. Um, I would say just find your space. What do you really like to do? What are the subjects that you love to do and dive into them? Uh, don't limit yourself about learning. So today we are always limiting ourselves to a syllabus that is there provided right. to us. And the world is evolving. I think the world 
will eventually break out of these patterns of these kind of syllabus for a degree and become a world which is for curious people. They learn what you want, learn what you will. And I think going forward, maybe five or 10 years from now, interviews will not be giving so much weightage on what school are you from or what was your qualification as much as let's see what you're all about. Tell me what is your passion about? What have you learned over the years? And can you demonstrate some kind of achievement in that field? So I think we're going to get into that space. Nevertheless, at this point of time, we still have the big schools. Hmm. We still have uh, top grades, which, uh, which matter a lot. Yeah. And uh, if you want to get those top grades, you just got to work hard. You so, don't have to work. What I would just like to add is don't work to compete with others. Work to compete with yourself. So there is a thought where one is, which is uh, let's compete and let's beat the rest. The other is let's excel. Let's just be the best at what I do. And then you're not really under stress because you're just doing your best. On the idea of um, certain colleges and their labels as in like, Oh, if you get in here, you will, your life is quote unquote set. Like you'll be fine. You will get a good job only because of the label of the university that you've gotten to. So it pays to understand what, what makes a college so famous and then decide if those famous qualities are right for you. So of course, very like famous colleges get a lot of attention just because they are famous, but how do they get there in the first place? So what, what are your thoughts as in like, why do you think people would uh, put MIT or Harvard at, at such a high point in the list. Like, what do you think is the like thing that builds uh, the name and the title of Harvard or an or an MIT? So yeah, apart from school has a culture. Sorry, yeah, it also has a culture. Some schools uh, are they encourage a more rounded uh, four-year program where you are involved in a lot of activities. They give you the time. Some schools are full of rigor, academic rigor. So you should also know the culture of the school before you dive in there. Hmm. So moving back to you, you might be getting a lot of work emails on an average during the day. So how do you balance out your day? Uh, balance is not a problem. I think uh, you can be very efficient if you work uh, and attend to matters quickly. And you can decide when to shut down because if you want to be optimal at work, you can't be working like a machine all the while. So you pick your time of the day when you work. Say you're working from nine to five or nine to seven. You work well at that time and then you learn to shut off and put your mind to other things. Maybe family, maybe sport. Uh, but while you're working, you're just working. Yeah, so I got a question along the lines of that. So how do you balance a work slash home life? I mean, I know now because of COVID, uh, it's mainly work from home. But how do you make time in terms of for your interests with a job on one hand and uh, a certain, for example, whether it's singing, dancing or something you enjoy doing and that relieves your mind? How do you um, balance stuff that's effort, such, uh, such, such effort consuming as yours? Let's, uh, let's go a little deeper into the thought, okay? Uh, when work is not work, that means when work is something you love to do, it doesn't... It's not a burden, right? Work, which is, uh, is bothersome. It's something that you really enjoy doing, right? Yeah. So you don't have to make time for something that you really enjoy doing. It comes naturally to you. 
similarly, let's say you like to play tennis, so you you don't have to think you're waiting for that time when you want to go and play tennis with your friends. So it's not a difficulty in in time to balance life. In fact, the the important question, important thought here is to find the work that you enjoy so that you really don't work a day in the context of your work, like it's bothersome. No, you should ideally be doing something you enjoy so much that you don't really feel you're working. You just feel you're enjoying mm-hmm. life. Um, as we look at, uh, I'm just moving on from uh, like something that's very, very like, om- like present, omnipresent in today's society. As we look at influencers today, it's being expanded and being influenced into different uh, countries. Or even this platform of gaming in general is being converted into a business. What do you think has influenced this new form of getting rich in terms of this new entertainment way of making it big? Uh, it's all it's all a marketplace um, where there is the potential of attracting a lot of viewership. There is the potential of getting a lot of ad revenue. So it's very simple that if I need to advertise for my product, I would look and say how many people are going to hit that site. If it's um, 10 million people a day hit that site, I would love to advertise there. So I'm willing to pay. And if I'm willing to pay the person hosting that site or who is the key player around that site would have a fee of his own. So these are all emerging careers and emerging professions. There was nothing like an influencer maybe yeah, yeah exactly ago, exactly but these are emerging and we will see a lot more on this space especially um, with virtual reality and augmented reality coming in hmm. where things will be coming out of your screen as a 3d image uh, we cannot even fathom what that would have an impact of and where influencers would go with that so um, it's a way of the world it's a new world you don't need to look at ads. You you trust more with uh, somebody like an influencer talking about something. This just whole new um, way of uh, earning money is so new to like us, not as new to us as new to like to the old elder generation. It is, but it's a it's a it's a way. Like I said, there will be a lot more, uh, a lot of uh, because of the technology coming in, a lot of careers will close there will be Mm. some job losses because those kind of job roles will not exist anymore however it will also open the way for new kind of jobs new kind of professions coming in Um, we never had so much thought about online education but in the last year we realized that a lot of education could have been done online and it went well Mm. so suddenly this year you see a mushrooming of a lot of online education platforms. Uh, so there are new professions. Now teachers are not required to get out to a classroom. They are required to conduct their class on a video call. And um, some of them are recorded calls. So this is uh, this opens the gates for so many people who are probably unable to travel or are homebound, but they can now pick up this profession. I know a lot of people who are now teachers or trainers 
and are being paid well for uh, hosting these um, classes. Right. So before COVID, roughly what percentage of your working day did you spend sitting down? Like, did you try and hold meetings in unconventional forms, like coffee shops or in conference rooms? Of course, yes. The last uh, pre-COVID times was a different world. We had a lot of uh, physical meetings, in-person meetings, whether they were over lunch, dinners, coffee shops, or in meeting rooms. Uh, Post-COVID, we are probably 90% working from home and practically 95% of the meetings are virtual. Yes. And I know it's a very vague question or a broad and generic question, but what was your highest point in life? Mm. It's yet to come. <laughs> <laughs> I never like to look at any point backward and say this was the highest. I think there's still... It's coming up. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, have you sacrificed anything to reach where you are right now to earn this, this much success? No, I don't think... Paid off. I, I, I don't think there was any sacrifice. I've uh, enjoyed the journey. Uh, you have choices to make. And uh, I don't think one should look at it as a sacrifice. Uh, you have choices. Every day you have a choice. Whether you want to work hard or you don't want to work hard. You want to speak the truth. You don't want to speak the truth. Um, you want to care for people or you don't want to care for people. And you, you make choices every day. And every day, you're changing as well. You're learning from your experiences. So um, I think it's life is all about these choices. You, one could always think, and I say I sacrificed this, but maybe if you took that other choice, your life could have been even better. How do we know? Hmm. So, so I think just, just take a day at a time and live it, live it fully. Hmm. So from bits and pieces that I was able to gather about you, it's clear that you've put your foot in numerous types of work for, for, from selling secondhand cars to selling flowers to even running a company of cleaning buildings. Not everyone has this ability to explore different occupations. And as you said earlier, shipping as well. And rather some shy away and, and they'll think, oh, it's not my cup of tea. I'll figure something else out or I'll just wait until something falls into my hand. So why do you think that this is, and does it have, does it have some connection to society as a whole? Yeah, it's 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 a long answer, I would say, but it's more to do with um, finding a space. You know, um, you don't know when you're very young whether uh, you would like to do what you want to do, and uh, mm. you just get into something. Like uh, you have a belief that this will, this is something that I like. And then maybe a year or two later, you feel, no, it's, it's not exactly for me. And I think I had this experience quite a few times. And I was not willing to settle and say, let's just do something for the sake of it, just because it makes money for me. Mm. I wanted something to work where I put my heart and mind and then work. It should be fun. So I found that my mantra sort of came in as... It, it's got to be fun, then then that's what I want to do. If it's not fun, I probably don't want to do it. So I've been through quite a lot of that journey, so I can talk about mm. it. It's, it's not just talking out of textbooks. I did a lot of things, and there are different reasons why you decide after a while that this just doesn't work for me. 
and that's so personal. But but if you find your space, then that's it. You see, at the end of the day, it's not about how much money you make in your life. It's about how much joy you have hmm. as you live life every day. That's true wealth. How did you deal with failure? There's nothing like failure. This is a concept that somebody has created, but I don't think there's something called failure. It's more like an experience. I think if a particular project or uh, um, a particular career didn't work well for me, it opened the door for another opportunity, right? Mm. If you get very comfortable doing something, um, let's say you're very good at golf and you just keep playing golf, you'll never get to play tennis. You will never get to play football. So, oh, something happened while you were playing golf. And right. for that reason, you couldn't do that swing. And you moved to football and you found that, oh, I'm even better at football. It's more fun. So, life opens with a lot of windows. And, and uh, we should ideally delete this concept of failure from life. I think it's just an opportunity. It's providing you with another door. One door is closing, another door is opening. Open. That's right. about it. That's all the time we have for this week's podcast. Mr. Rapani, I really appreciate you coming on our podcast and sharing so much. I really think I'm going to have to think through a lot that you've said while editing this. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you tune in to next week's next week podcast. It's been your host, Mirhan and Ishan. We'll see you guys later. Bye.